some stories are truly inspiring. And that's what you're going to hear today when we interview Sabrina Walker Hernandez, whose campaign surpassed seemingly insurmountable challenges. And you'll learn how you can overcome challenges your campaign faces as well. Welcome to All About Capital Campaigns, a podcast that provides fuel for your nonprofit's growth. Each week, Andrea Kilstead and Amy Eisenstein, co-founders of the Capital Campaign Toolkit, provide practical tips about raising more money for your nonprofit organization. Here are your hosts, Amy and Andrea. Hello, it's Amy Eisenstein. I'm here with my co-host, Andrea Kilstead, as always. And we are super excited to have a guest with us today, Sabrina Walker Hernandez. And Sabrina, I've known for several years now, and she is the president and CEO of Supporting World Hope. And we are really interested interviewing Sabrina today because she served as the chief executive officer for the Boys and Girls Clubs in Texas, one of the Texas chapters, and she was able to increase her operating revenue from under a million to over two and a half million during her tenure there. And she completed a $12 million comprehensive capital campaign and established an endowment in the third poorest county of the United States. So Sabrina, we are super, super excited to be talking to you specifically about that capital campaign in the third poorest county of the United States and during the recession of 2008. So Andrea, do you want to start, get us started with Sabrina today? Sure. Thank you, Sabrina. It really is a pleasure to have you here with us. And let's start out by making a little list and let's do it. this okay. While you were there as the executive director of this organization and conducting a big campaign, what do you think were the three or four biggest challenges you faced? OK, so the biggest four challenges that I faced was one, it was a recession, the recession of 2008. Two is we did not have individual giving um, as a part of our traditional revenue. Wow. Um, exactly. That was very scary. Um, <laughs> and, and then three is, of course, the dynamics of where we're located. I'm located along the Texas-Mexico border, and it is the third poorest um, county um, in the United States. And then four, you know, I'm going to say four was... Because this had not been done in the community, I really got a lot of pushback on the vision. And so uh, that was a challenge within itself. That's really interesting. All right. That's great. Why don't we start with four? I always like starting at the bottom while it's the closest, that you got a lot of pushback on the vision. And, And it's interesting. You hadn't done a capital campaign before. No, I had never done a capital campaign before. Um, there had been some in our community that had um, completed a capital campaign, like our food bank and our local museum, but never a Boys and Girls Club. And more particularly, when I say about the pushback is, in order to be successful with this capital campaign, the group that we gathered together, we really focused on 
collaborations, and partnerships. And I specifically remember going to our school district, our traditional school district, and because when you have a building that is a after school program, it's really going to sit empty until three or four o'clock, you know, right. in the afternoon. So this is a 32,000 square foot state of the art facility. And we had um, our alternative school that was sitting on a property that would flood and they were in portable buildings. So I thought, you know, let's go to them and, and say, would you like to partner on this? I wasn't even asking for money at that point. It was more of a partner because I was like, how are we going to pay the light bill? You know, (laughs) when we get this building, how are we going to pay the water bill? You know, I was trying to think beyond that and do a partnership, you know, joint usage facility. And so we approached them. We, we got the meeting and and uh, with the, I remember very specifically, we got the meeting with the superintendent. Um, and I, I remember walking out of that meeting feeling like they don't believe in this. They don't believe it's going to happen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They did not believe that it was going to happen. They had to see the vision. They had to because we were going to them first in this partnership um, to get on board. So you know, but they, I shouldn't say they, I said, I should say the superintendent didn't right. get the vision um, for it. So we were like, okay, well, we're going to our next, uh, next part, potential partner, which is, which was Idea Public School, which is a charter school in our community. And they were, they were known to be innovative, you know, take a little risk. Sometimes in a traditional setting, people are afraid to take risk, right? Take a little risk. So we were able to ink a deal with them and uh, it took two or three meetings and that was it. And uh, before the building uh, we was built, we already knew they were going to pay 60% of the utilities. Wow. They were going to be using the building during the day. Any major repairs, any major repairs, utilities, water, anything like that. They wow. were going to cover 60%. Nothing I like was just that. very shocked. To establish some credibility. Yes. Right? I mean, then you can start to go to your donors and say, hey, we have this deal. We have this deal on, on the work. table. Yes, this oh, is yeah. how it's going to work. Because a lot of people, when we were going to the individual donors, because we didn't have a huge major gift, so I'm skipping around, but because we did not have that individual giving campaign, a lot of them questioned how that was the reason why we had to address that question up front is because a lot of them question how are we going to maintain this facility? Right. Because a little bit of history about our organization was we had never owned a facility. We had uh, 12 sites, but we didn't own any of those 12 sites. They were either municipal buildings, county buildings, or school district buildings. We didn't own, we never had to pay a light bill. We never had to pay a water bill, any of that. So, (laughs) Sabrina, I just want to go back to one thing you said about no risk, no reward, right? Taking a little bit of risk for a huge reward, which is what you did. And you really saw the vision, even when others in the community, including the superintendent did not. And so to me, a lot of it does come down to, do you have a big vision? Do you believe enough in the mission to take that 
risk because all campaigns have some element of risk and you saw the reward as so huge that you were willing to take the risk. All right, Andrea, you were going up a list. What What's the next on yes, the list? I was going, going up a list. So let's talk a little about being in a really poor, poor neighborhood. So Sabrina, you said that you, um, that your organization was in the third poorest county in the United States. I mean, I live here in the South Bronx, which I think people say is the first poorest county in the United States, actually. So I have some notion of what what that that looks like. But as you're thinking about raising money, raising significant dollars, what are the consequences of that? And how did that how did you think about that? How did you think about can we do this year? Um, I understood um, in answering that question that it would take a lot of collaboration and a lot of partnerships. And let me say that our community came together around that. So I'm going to give you some examples. So like um, the 20 acres that the facility sits on was donated um, by a organization called Edinburgh Foundation. Edinburgh Foundation, for lack of a better word, was a group of old white men who had got together and bought up a lot of land before there was an economic development corporation in our community. And so they owned a lot of land. And so it was getting to them and they donated the 20 acres of land that the building sits on. Um, And then it's raw land. So now you need infrastructure and you need all of those things. And so we went to the county and said, okay, this is what's needed. We, you know, we had an engineer draw up the specs and everything like that. Even the engineer um, donated that portion of it. And the county actually came in and laid a lot of the infrastructure. And then where the city could assist in that, they did. So a lot of those like parts of the project were donated in-kind services to the project then that we did assign a value to, of course. And when it was time to go to the foundations, those amounts served as, you know, matches or to say this is where we where we're at. So we had a lot of partners, yep, uh, like county, city, you know, um, for profit engineers. It was it was it takes a village yeah. and it was a true village approach um, to this. Yes. You know, I, I love that way of thinking. I mean, I, I think that every campaign should think that way, whether the people you're partnering with are are philanthropists, individual philanthropists or foundations or government entities, that when an organization like yours is has a big vision and is moving up and is doing a big project, the idea that you are supposed to do it by yourself in your own little silo is simply wrongheaded. I could not have done this, you know, just us. Remember, we didn't have major givers at that time. Like we didn't have individual major givers at that time. And so it was not a part of, I guess, our infrastructure um, and how we did things at that time. It was a vision to to have that and hope that, I mean, the vision became a reality with the capital campaign because it was 
Let's fire up our donor base with this capital campaign. And while we're talking about the capital campaign, let's talk about the endowment too. And let's roll this all up into one. If you're going to go, go big, right? <laughs> so, if you're going to go, go, go big. I like that. Big. <laughs> no risk, so Sabrina, no reward. If you're right. going to go, go big. Go right? big. Right. <laughs> all right. So Sabrina, why don't you talk about that? You're emphasizing that you didn't have any major donors, but clearly then you did. So how do you go from not having any major your donors during a campaign to building those relationships, developing those connections, and ultimately asking for gifts. Talk to people. Our listeners really want to know, how does that work? You know, it was quite amazing. Um, And it's going to sound simple, but it really was. um, I had a board of 15. I had three passionate, very passionate women on that board that really wanted to see this, yes, see this capital campaign happen. Let's say they wanted to see it happen. I wanted to see it happen because although the facilities that we had, we did not have to pay, you know, rent, like all that, they were in an area that flooded. So when it rained, it flooded and the damage to the facility was extensive. And not only that, we thought, well, what are we telling our children that this is how we value them, you know? Um, So we really were passionate about that. And so those three ladies, um, and I like to speak their names, Ella De La Rosa, uh, Doris Albin, and Paula Fochet. Now, of those three women, two of them were in Rotary with me. Um, So we, there was a Rotarian who, um, and I speak his name too, because I absolutely love him, changed the dynamics of the organization um, that we were courting for lack of a better word, cultivating. We were cultivating. We had invited him in to the tour of the existing facility, you know, gave him the tour. And then we talked about the vision and what we wanted to do. Um, and we did that so much with him. He finally looked at us at one meeting and said, ladies, when y'all going to stop talking about it and do something? <laughs> and we were like, oh, it's OK. That's awesome. I <laughs> yes. love that. I love so he that. pushed us. He was like, stop talking. Let's do something. So he became my capital campaign chair. Yes. <laughs> right. When someone's like that, it, he became my capital campaign chair. Um, and then our co-chair, um, I'm going to say this, too. I had another uh, board member. Her name is Millie Smith. And Millie, when we interviewed her for the board, Millie said that she will not ask for money. I do not like asking for money. That's not what I do. And I have this philosophy with fundraising that it's not even about asking for money. It's about building relationships. So I asked her, so what are you willing to do? And she said, I'm willing to introduce you to anyone in our in my circle. Well, Millie worked at the BSA in a bank. So that's the back office, the fraud the compliance. So you kind of get the personality, but she introduced us to the bank owner Mm -hmm. and we developed that relationship. And so the bank president became the co-chair of the capital campaign. And so then you had this like well-established person in the community with the bank president. And then they hand selected the capital campaign committee, um, which was, um, about three other people. And that was it. That was our team. Um, and that's so important, Sabrina, because, you know, even in the third poorest 
county in the country, there are pockets of wealth and there are business owners and there are bank vice presidents. And so people think, you know, we don't have any wealth or anybody in our community or this small town Mm -hmm. or that, but you only need a handful of people who have the ability to make a difference and really move the needle on your campaign. And you were able to leverage all of them and build those relationships. It's remarkable what you've done. Thank you. Andrea, Andrea, what do you want to add? Well, just that that the lessons that Sabrina has laid out for us here are lessons that are appropriate and applicable to any campaign. Yes. She started at the bottom by having a big vision, by having the courage, the personal courage to step up and share a big vision. She invited other people to be part of that vision and by inviting other organizations to part to partner with her and to see that that vision. She actually pulled a couple of people with whom she felt happy and comfortable, and they sat in together and said, we're going to make this happen. How can we find somebody in Rotary who we think is going to be the right guy? And you brought him on until he said, all right, enough talk. Let's actually make this baby fly, right? And then when you had him, you had established yet more credibility. And then you you could, could go to someone at the bank, the president of the bank, who saw how much credibility you had already achieved. So it's like you built this credibility in this campaign step by step by step, very cleverly, very smartly. And any organization, I don't care if you're in the richest county in the United States, every organization should be thinking about building their campaign that way, building confidence by smartly and effectively doing things in a way that pulls in other people. And I think this vision, vision has been like the key word with my capital campaign. And I think with any capital campaign. So, yeah. And and I want to point out and remind everybody that the first person you approached, Sabrina, the superintendent of schools, did not get on board and you did not get discouraged. No, it's I mean, I'm sure you were a little discouraged, but yes, you didn't stop. It didn't stop you. Right. It didn't stop me. No, (laughs) is getting to some no's and you have to have the the personal wherewithal and courage to push past the no's and say, all right, well, if that person's not getting on board. Who's next? And that's exactly what you did. And if you had stopped at that point, you wouldn't have this amazing project that you have. So um, I just wanted to point that out. Let's move on to this, this idea of moving ahead with a campaign in the middle of a recession. Uh, So because I think that is on everybody's minds all the time, the economy goes up, the economy goes down. Um, But you were right in the middle of a recession in 2008. The markets had crashed. Everything was falling apart. And yet you decided to move ahead. Talk about that. That is the credit to our capital campaign chair and co-chair. They're like, no, we're we're moving forward. This is this is how it's this is how it's gonna be, and we're moving forward. And um, I can't take credit for that. I took my cues from them. I mean, they were the people in the community that you know, you know, those people in the, those the pillars in the community, and they were like, it is fine, people still have money. 
<laughs> I mean, when the banker is telling you people still have money. Right. <laughs> you tend to believe them. Right. And I tend to believe them. So I was like, OK, well, we'll, we'll move forward with this and this is what we're going to do. But everything wasn't always peaches and cream. I remember the first time I cried at work was over this capital campaign. Um, we got a no from the Maybe Foundation. And the strategy of things when you're doing your capital campaign, and you, you ladies know this, um, there's some foundations that like to come in at the beginning. There's some that like to come in in the middle and at the end. And the maybe was like the kiss of the ring for the other ones to follow. And right. if you didn't get that one, then it was like, OK, nobody, you know, no other foundations are going to come. And I remember receiving the no in the mail. And I remember... <laughs> like bawling and I went to my um, operations office and um, I was just bawling and she just kind of looked at me because I had never done that before (laughs) and fast forward many years she says you really shook me by coming into my office and doing that so I said don't do that to your staff I didn't understand that at the time it was just like so overwhelming like what are, what are we going to do? Like, we need this. And it didn't happen. So I thought I put my big girl pants on. I called um, my capital campaign chair and co-chair and, and let them know what happened. And we called a meeting together. And they were like, um, you know, we just need to go and see them. And so I'm sitting there going, OK, so I got to fly all these people there. and da, da, da. How much is that going to cost? We don't have money for that. I mean, those are the thoughts that are going through my mind. And so then I say, OK, well, I need everybody's uh, birthdays and names so we can book flights. And, and they just kind of looked at me and I go, what? And they go, we have a private plane. The bank has a private plane. We don't need to book flights. I was like, oh, I don't roll in circles like that. So I got to fly on a private plane up to the Maybe Foundation and did a presentation to them and walked out with a $350,000 check. It was wonderful. Yay. <laughs> was wonderful. Yes. And, and you know, the, what I realized with people, just people, it, it really is making people feel comfortable sharing the vision, inserting your, for me, inserting my humor has always played well. Making people feel good, making them smile, making them laugh. That's always served me well. Um, So if I can get in front of you, I'm so much better than on paper. (laughs) So sometimes you got to get in front of people. Sabrina, how did it, it, was it difficult to get that meeting? It was not difficult to get the meeting. Um, We called, we said, you know, um, that we received this rejection letter and we would love to come and meet with you. We think you made a terrible mistake. We think you made a terrible mistake and we would love to come and meet with you and, you know, just express how valuable this project is to this community and being able to go and give that in-person visual to make that emotional connection was the key to that. And I will say this. And I keep saying I, 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 but it's not I. It was a team of people. It was our capital campaign um, committee. It was um, my consultant, David Zappinen, who who helped um, with that. He wrote a lot of the proposals. I did not have time to write the proposals. I just didn't. You know, when you're running your day to day operations, I and I know there are some CEOs out there that don't hire a consultant during the capital campaign for whatever reason. I think it's crazy, um, but for whatever reason, they don't. It, it's, it's a lot. It, it is a lot. And 
he was very good at helping um, with the writing, um, research. So we researched new market tax credits. We re- he researched our community. So we found out in, through the research that our city has sold a hospital. And so when the city sells a hospital, certain amount of the proceeds have to go back to um, health related issues in the community. Well, there was like $4 million sitting in a fund that they had not done anything with. And so then we, um, as an after school program, you're like, well, what does an after school program have to do with health services? Well, we provide a program that um, helps educate the kids on drug prevention. And, and drug and alcohol prevention. So we posed that project and we got $2 million, but I wouldn't have known about that pocket of money had it not been for um, him doing the research, which I did not have time to do. And uh, we decided not to go the new market tax credit way, but it was because we could have made it, uh, it wasn't a fit for us. Right. And so he was able to do that research. Um, so I, a good consultant, when you're doing your capital campaign, can go a long way. Now, I will tell you this. We paid him. And um, at the time, I was like, this is a little steep. We're walking out here in faith. I think it was. And it was probably it's cheap because we were paying him $5,000 a month. But in my head, in the third poorest county in a nonprofit, I was like, hmm, this is a lot of money. If this Is this going to happen? But he came through for us. He came through for us. And it was just having someone to be able to strategize with, having someone to know that, okay, you have to get this foundation to get this foundation. And this foundation only likes to fund this. I'll tell you one of the great things that he did. So he we he did a proposal for the Kresge Foundation and we submitted the uh, Kresge Foundation, but it was 2008. They awarded that, but they also had crises money that they were giving out because it was the recession. So we got an additional 125 thousand dollars for our operating budget and that could not have happened without you know it's it's interesting to talk for a minute about the roles consultants play in campaigns Uh, and i i think there there really is for many organizations there's a real role in having somebody who can research and help with all of the foundation work that, that that's a big piece of work for not for every organization, but for some organizations, they will rely heavily on that. And there are people who really consultants who really are very seasoned and experienced in that. That's one important role for for a a particular kind of consultant. Mm -hmm. And there are consultants that provide strategy. Right. And those don't have to be the same person, actually. Right. You can have two different kinds of different kinds of people that you hire, someone who works on prospect research and foundation research, someone who works on on holding your hand and helping to understand the strategy and how do you build the team that you built. So so it's I think it really actually it's an interesting topic for us for another podcast, Amy, is to talk about, you know, the various models of consultancies and how how people might might think about about doing that. But it's interesting to hear how effective your person was. Very, very, very much so. And and my sounding board on on a lot of things, but in the foundation, identifying other foundations, very, very helpful. Very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Let's think about if you could think of some lessons learned or things that you could give as encouragement 
for others that are heading into capital campaigns? What are some of the key? I mean, maybe we've talked about many of them already, but let's either highlight or think of a new one. Um, What do you want to leave listeners with in terms of what advice would you give them as they head into capital campaigns? I'm a, it's two points. One, and we've talked about, but I want to restate it, is share your vision as much as you can to as many people as you can, because you never know who's listening. So if that's you are trying to accomplish a 32,000 square foot facility, um, then say that and your why. Number two is going to be, if you notice on my capital campaign, um, it was a separate from my board. My board didn't have the bandwidth to complete that. So my capital campaign committee was not my board members. And my board had to be okay with that. And they were okay with that. They completely understood that. When we did meet as a capital campaign committee, we have um, certain board members like Ella and Doris who were involved in some of those meetings, but they completely understood that it was this committee that was leading that and they entrusted them with that. And there was no conflict between the committee and the board. So that was that was a blessing. That That's a great point. Andrea, yeah. you look like you have something you want to say. Well, there were several phrases that I took away from this that I just think are universal when you're thinking about a capital campaign. So I just want to be sure that we that we remember them. At first, there's no risk, no reward. Right. You're not willing to to have a little courage and step up with a big vision. Right. You're you're not likely to get that vision. Right. Right. You got to start there. So no risk, no reward. I love I love that. Um, uh, related is if, if you're if you're gonna go go big, <laughs> I, I, like, I like that too. Yeah, I mean yeah. it takes it honestly takes about the same amount of time, energy, and effort to raise three, to raise ten million dollars as it does to raise three million dollars. Right? It's so true. It's so like, true. Why would you just just why would you worry about the pennies when you're beginning a campaign? You know, raise the money you need to get the larger the larger vision. I think yeah. that's that's right. Um, I remember that collaboration and partnership in one way and another, whether it's for your campaign co-chairs or whether it's for people who will actually collaborate with you on the project is just incredibly important. It builds credibility. It builds, you know, a, a sense in the community that you are going to be able to make this happen. And for every project, that's super duper important. Um, Amy, was there one that you that you want to pull up as well? I think you've covered them. This was such a rich discussion. I mean, honestly, everything that you did, Sabrina, was exactly right in every way for all the capital campaign strategy that we teach. I mean, I think you ran an absolutely brilliant campaign. Yeah. (laughs) Now that you mentioned that... I followed you during this time. So oh, we love that. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so sweet. there are great people out there that are guiding you online, you know, that you've been you were very generous with your website. Everything that you offer has been very generous to the community. So well, I've always they, admired that. So thank you. Thank you. So listen, let us give you an opportunity to share briefly about what you do now with supporting World Hope. Uh, I'd love to hear how you help nonprofits these days and what's going on with you. 
Well, you know, I help nonprofits. I am a true believer that fundraising is about building relationships. And so for me, it is I help um, nonprofits build relationships that increase revenue. So what does that mean? That means I'm a generalist and I'm proud to be a generalist um, as far as fundraising. So as you can tell, I have a variety of a varied background in fundraising. Um, So I don't stick to one like niche of it. So if you need peer-to-peer fundraising help, I've done that. If you, um, board development, I absolutely love board development. I think a lot of times when people say they have fundraising issues, it's really about the board. And so let's look at that first, because that's a foundational piece. Um, Coaching. I love coaching and um, helping those new CEOs um, to organizations to first time working with a board, uh, helping them get comfortable with that. How do they build a relationship with the board? How do they manage all the multiple hats that they're wearing? Um, So that's kind of that's what I do. And people can find out more about me at my website at uh, www.supportingworldhope.com. Excellent. Sabrina, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your wisdom and uh, your success. Really, what a wonderful story. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining Amy and Andrea for today's All About Capital Campaigns. To learn more about them and their work together, go to CapitalCampaignToolkit.com. You can hear more from Amy and Andrea on a live webinar they host every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join the live sessions and get your questions answered by signing up today at ToolkitTalks.com. And please like, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you.